welcome to episode 185 of Respawn Aimfire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. My name is Holden Christopher Adams Depardo, and I am here with Chad Michael, Sony PlayStation 5 accessory unboxer Innis, coming your way in just a moment. And we've got the dreamiest fan base of all time joining us all over the world right now. Every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, put us in your ears with your favorite podcast service or put us in your eyes by searching for Respawning Fire on YouTube. That's YouTube.com. That's right. We've gone into the third dimension with 2D video, and if you want to add the fourth dimension of time, you can do that by watching us record it live on twitch.tv slash idiots every Sunday night at 8.46 p.m., like it is right now as we record it, but usually 8 p.m. is the time we do this. Today's episode is brought to you by Affable Idiots, which we'll tell you about later on in the episode. We've got just a lot to talk about. We've got the Halo Infinite director leaving. We've got Tad again? Howard, Tad. Yeah, I know, again. We've got Todd Howard talking about the Microsoft Bethesda act, um, acquisition. We've got Jim Ryan discussing some VR stuff. we got the Nintendo Showcase, something cyberpunk-related that people have been talking about online, and even a PS4 retrospective. But before we get to all of that, we've got some, like, boxes here. Holden Chad, take it away for us. Look at this bag of goodies. Look <laughs> at this bag of goodies. Um, so if you don't know, I went to Best Buy today to pick up an order that I placed way back in early September. That's September for you who don't speak Spanish. And um, I, I got there, and they said, your order is ready for pickup. A lot of PlayStation accessories were available starting October 30th, whereas the console is, is November 12th. So I got some. I got myself a headset. I got myself a controller, and I got myself a PlayStation 5 camera. Some other things are still on the way. Holden, what do you think we should box oh, unbox first? Honestly, I really only care about the controller. Well, we got the camera. <laughs> well, the camera's first one in my hand. So here's here we're gonna go. We're gonna save the best for last. Oh, okay, so fuck my opinion. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're gonna. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, oh, I'm gonna switch to the wide-angle camera so you can see this a little bit better. So you're gonna get a brief view of the rest of my room. Hold on. Ultra wide camera, baby. Ultra wide. Whoa! All right. <laughs> we have here the Sony PlayStation HD camera for PlayStation 5. Does not work with PlayStation 4. Does not work for PlayStation VR. Why? Because obviously PlayStation compatible. VR 2 is going to have inside-out cameras, and this doesn't need fucking any of that. Oh, everyone, if you're going to unbox these, make sure you have a Swiss Army knife. It must have your name on it as well. Has to be also from Switzerland. I got this in Switzerland. Did you know that, Holden? Got I this didn't from Lucerne. I didn't know you'd ever been outside ah! the country before. I didn't cut myself. <laughs> Just the tape. It got looser in one spot, and I got scared. Oh, God. So this cam cam is, I guess, just for Twitch streaming? Is that why people get these now? If it's not going to be used for VR, what the fuck is it for? <laughs> you why did it. I pay $70 for this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. Everyone listen to the sound that it makes as it comes out of the box. Are you ready? I just, I love it. It's like the suction sound. It made that noise. That I didn't noise. make any of that noise. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so we got this little cardboard <laughs> box here. Oh, how does it open? Oh, it, 
The whole thing is a game. The whole thing's a puzzle, just like The Witness. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, this is tiny. This is tiny compared to the PS4 camera. Look at this. This is like three times the size of my dick. Just kidding. I have an enormous cock. <laughs> Let's get this out of here. Let's get this out of here. So it's got a little film across the front. You can also put it on the TV, angle it up, angle it down. Smells like teen spirit. A little bit of mixture of teen spirit. Oh, an American spirit cigarettes. It has a USB plug on the back of it. Look at that. Oh, everyone look up close. You can see all the detail. It's a really nice just flat mat. No detail. Just a really nice flat matte finish on it. No PlayStation symbols. They really fucking got lazy on this. The whole thing is like, oh, look at the the console. The console has the, the PlayStation symbols. Look at the controller. It has the PlayStation symbols. And then this. Oh, this has the PlayStation symbols. <laughs> They're on, on the, the inside. inside. They're on the inside. I don't know if you can see that. Well, you're not going to see them? But they, well, I mean, oh, you man. saw them, but. They are so... They were not kidding how tiny these things are. Like, if you didn't know to look for it, you would look at that and just be like, in fact, I can't even, I'm not even sure that they are. Hold it really close to your face. But see, Hold then I really can't focus because I have two eyes. I'm a biped. I walk on two legs. <laughs> no, those are, those are PlayStation symbols. So that's the camera. Um, none of this provided by PlayStation. None of this... Uh, provided well, for I mean, free from Best Buy. Technically, it was provided by PlayStation. No, you just had to pay for it. was provided by Best Buy in exchange for monetary <laughs> value. Oh. Are y'all ready for that Pulse 3D wireless headset for that stereo sound or that, that, that 3D audio sound? Oh, look at this. Fine-tuned for 3D audio on PS5 consoles. Ah! This box... You can't tell right now, but it feels exactly like the skin of a Triceratops. How do I know what that feels like? I jumped the fence at the Jurassic Park ride <laughs> at Universal Studios. And it feels exactly like this. Uh, oh, it has refined ear, pad ear pads and a 3.5 millimeter jack. It is 2020. We don't use 3.5 millimeter jacks for headphones anymore. Let's cut this open. Again, get your Swiss Army knife. De La Switzerland. Oh, this one has a, a sideways scooby bop instead of the, the tallways, goddamn. Oh, I'm going to cut this so good. Here's my plan. I have another of all of these things coming from GameStop on the day of launch. I'm just going to return those all to Best Buy. <laughs> but, but Chad wanted to make sure that one unlucky person didn't oh. get that stuff before the PlayStation launched. That's right. Oh, open me timbers. Did you know the phrase open sesame is actually racist? I did not know that. I have Why not confirmed racist? personally, but I heard that it, the, it's actually from a movie. And it's someone pretending, it's, they're trying to read it. They're like, what? Open, open sesame? But it was an Asian person trying to say open says me. As a, and, but they had to say it like open oh. sesame in order to make it. Uh, so yeah, it's racist. Don't say open sesame anymore. I always thought oh. of Sesame Street whenever I heard Open Sesame. Oh, I always thought of a sesame seed bun and then poppy seeds, and then you can test positive on if you eat a, a poppy seed bagel before you do a drug test. <laughs> oh, look at this cardboard. 
Look, inside Ooh, you got cardboard. some manuals. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. You can't return that now. Do you know what this is? This is a McDonald's a fry case <laughs> looks before like they a paint it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys and girls, we got goodies. We got good. Oh, you got a little boobity boop boop. To be clear, this is compatible with PlayStation 4 as well as PlayStation 5, but the PlayStation 4 does not have the Tempest engine, so this just works like the regular goddamn dongle. And then this is a USB-C to USB-A, probably to charge it. I've been using my Platinum or my, my PlayStation Golds with the 3.5mm plug in the controller for so long that I don't even, I didn't even remember that you charged those. There it is, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. A dinosaur of a cable. 3.5mm on both ends. That's what she said. Are you ready for the king? That's the Halo song. That's Xbox. Yeah. You can't do Halo oh, for this. Oh, man. Is... Look at this. Do you see? Oh, do you see the texture on the cups, though? That's the PlayStation symbols. I'm just kidding. It's oh. probably not. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> they have this little strap here that moves up and down to adjust I it. I do like that part, how it automatically adjusts when you put it, put it on it. That's nice. Yeah, rather than having the ear cups. Because on the, on the PlayStation, I'm going to grab these. So on the golds, as you need to adjust it, the ear cups themselves move up and down. And sometimes it's obnoxious. They do this. The side plates go poppity-pop, and they fall off. And you're like, ah, I can see your insides. Uh, so we're going to throw these in the trash. But these. Does oh. your ultimate bundle come with the Pulse 3D headset as well? Yeah, it comes with uh, the Pulse 3D headset. It comes with a, a controller, and it comes with the charging dock. And $100 in PlayStation credit and a year of PlayStation Plus. That's not bad. Oh, boys and girls. Oh, boys and girls. Oh, these are huge on you. But they are so comfortable. They're so light. They're so light. And these, I don't know if you've ever taken two newborn baby lambs and put them ass first on the side of your head. (laughs) But this is exactly like if you were to connect your cochlea straight to the rectum of a baby goat. This is exactly what that feels like in such a good way. Oh. I'm going to pretend I didn't hear any of that. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Look, there are buttons on the side here. Buttons. And turn on and off whatever the fuck they do. Volume. Oh, monitoring. If you can hear your own voice, that's important. Game and chat audio. Mute yourself. This is a pretty nice little piece of goddamn. Again, like the springy. Done. Done. Get out of here. Let's see what we were all hoping to see. That Pulse 3D headset is uh, out of stock a lot of places. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Dallas says, why are you opening up my headset? I want 30% her cost now. (laughs) (laughs) You're lucky if I even send it your way, you ass. Here it is. The PlayStation 5 DualSense wireless controller for PS5. That's actually the font used by PlayStation. It has haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, built-in microphone, signature comfort. Oh, signature comfort. That's a new feature they didn't talk about before. Switzerland! I hope the signature comfort doesn't take away from the battery life. Because when you put all those features into it, it's going to detract from the battery life. Uh, Sometimes... 
cutting into a sticker <laughs> with a knife <laughs> so slowly just feels so good. <gasps> the lights in your <sighs> room just dimmed, I think. You're a dim. Dim with a motherfucker. Here we go. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what if a rat popped out? <laughs> uh, I'd be wondering story. how a rat got in there in the first place. I went in to get this. And I, I went up to the register. And I'm like, what's the name on the order? Innes. And she, like, there were, like, seven buckets on the wall. And she went, when did you place the order? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I placed it, like, five, six, seven weeks ago. And she's like, oh. She went on her computer a little bit. She's like, let me check somewhere else. And then she came back with another guy, and he had a phone. He's like, what's your phone number, sir? Blah, blah, blah. Where's your order? And they didn't know where it was. They were just like, I was, and they were like did you just place it? Maybe we haven't pulled it off the shelf. I was like, no, I, I pre-ordered this back in September, sir. And they were like, oh, come with us. And we just wandered around the store for a little bit until somebody found it in the back. Oh, here we go. Here we go again. Oh, shit. Okay, there's paper in here. Nobody reads the paper. That's why it's in seven languages, to make sure that you can't read it in seven different languages. <laughs> this is Look at the texture on this. That's the PlayStation symbols. It's not. Get out of here, Siri. Oh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Oh. Oh, this feels good. This feels good, everyone. Oh, gosh. Look at how bouncy the triggers are. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Oh, Holden. You, the, the, the grip, the texture with all the PlayStation symbols, you can probably see that up close if I let you focus. Oh, you can kind of see I can't that. see it, but hopefully the streamers can. Yeah, stream can. Oh, my gosh. It, you can't even... I mean, it's so subtle, but it's also like so there. It's so Raven. Oh man, there's a mute button for your. Can microphone? you hold it up next to a DualShock Four? Next to a DualShock, yeah. Um, this is it, next to a regular DualShock Four. Pretty equivalent in size. Looks like the DualSense is a little bit bigger. Yeah, this DualSense guy is a little bit fatter. He's a chonky boy. This guy's. A little but that could actually make it more comfortable, though. Yeah, uh, they're. They're pretty equal in weight. Actually, the DualSense might feel a little lighter. Maybe I just have a really strong right arm from masturbating. <laughs> this is it next to uh, a 5 million edition with a back button on it. Definitely different in weight there because you have the back button. I'm going to miss that back button, man. I'm going to miss the back button a lot. I use it. All and the time. This now. is why I didn't get a back button. <laughs> oh, look at that create button. Look at the create button. What happens if I push it? Wouldn't it be nice if we were old? Oh my god, it sings. You hit the create button and it sings. The, that's it. That's it, everyone. I am uh you know what's important though? You have rumble, you have haptics. The most important thing in the world, does haptics feel good on your balls? Because we all know when this rumbles, you're supposed to put it in your crotch. And you just let it go on your crotch. What does it feel like when this happens? Is it going to feel different when Sackboy's running on cotton 
on my balls versus when Spider-Man's charging up a punch on my balls. Is it going to hurt? That's it. That's our unboxing of our PlayStation 5 <laughs> accessories. Stay tuned for more us for the next hour and a half-ish. <laughs> well, that is a look at the past. But we, or that's a look at the future. Because technically we can't really use any of that stuff yet. Well, except the headset. You can use the headset. I can, I'm going to use the headset tonight, bitch. Let's take a look at the f the past for a little bit in our PS4 retrospective. The PS5 <gasps> is imminent, everyone. But before it arrives, we're going to look at the introduction to the PS4 and then all those lovely games and new pieces of hardware that came out within the generation. It all started, Chad, on in February 2013. Ooh, at the I remember. PS4 reveal event. As Andrew House first showed off the PS4 logo, he made a strong commitment that PlayStation isn't about being a box. It's about being a, quote, lead authority on play. Another grand claim was made by David Cage, who is the head of Quantic Dreams, who described PS4 as a turning point for how game developers can convey emotion. He likened this to how adding color, music, sound design, camera techniques, all that stuff in film allowed movies to convey emotion and tell stories that still resonates today. And he says that PS4 is that similar moment in video game history. And as we talk about all this stuff, I want to keep that in the back of our heads. Because I actually feel like of all the, the markety claims that get said about game consoles when they come out, that yeah. one sounds about the most marketing-esque. <laughs> but one of what, it kind of did happen. I think it kind of did happen. I agree. I 100% agree. But we'll get to that as we talk about the games. Okay. Mark Cerny came on the stage during the reveal event, and he basically talked about the four or the major technology advances that made PS4 a generational leap. It was the first console in the PlayStation lineup that really came with a large hard drive to store digital games played on it. That was a big deal when it came out. In terms of starting a new generation, at least. It had 8 gigabytes of memory, which freed up developers to not be bottlenecked by the 256 megabytes of memory they had before yeah. on PS3, available for game at, games at least. They also wanted to switch to a common x86 architecture, and he literally called out the cell processor as being too complicated and hard to get involved with for developers. And then to top it off, having a, cl a powerful GPU. So that underlined the hardware. Then they brought on the guys from Gaikai, a company they had just bought at the time. To talk about cloud integration and discuss the goals of making PS4 more seamless thanks to the technologies available from Gaikai. And some of, of these cloud. did pan out. The first one specifically I don't recall ever happening, and that is Try It Now game demos, where you could just like stream a game from the cloud in the PlayStation Store and then decide if you wanted it or not. That didn't happen. But the other stuff You're right. did happen. Spectating your friend's gameplay, handing off the controller, all that good stuff they talked about at that reveal event, remote play with Vita and other devices, and technically this happened, PS3 backwards compatibility via the cloud with PlayStation Now. Wasn't everything. You know what's, you know what's interesting about the remote play with Vita and other devices? First of all, yeah. I'm I'm surprised that other devices actually did that they that they foresaw that happening this early in the generation. Um yeah. but what's interesting is that like Vita was so much that that relationship. They were building it up as a companion to the PS4, where you could remote yeah. play your games to it. It had the the touchpad that can act as the R2 and L2 triggers. 
It had second screen capabilities. Like you can connect it as a second screen or even as another controller to your PS4. But if you plug mm-hmm. the damn thing into the USB port, it says device not supported. <laughs> <laughs> All of that has to happen wirelessly. You can't download Vita games and transfer them like you could on your PS3. It's a big old, big old hot mess. Yeah, it was weird for sure. But this is why Vita didn't work. What's actually cool though is the code name for PS4 was Orbis, and which means circle, and Vita <laughs> means life. Sorry. And it was going to be the circle of life. Orbis. It just makes me think of how we say Orbeez <laughs> instead of Arby's. And then we also say Orbeez oh. to, to talk about the orbs in Destiny, the little light orbs. Oh, my God, i got to pick up all those little Orbeez. And then Orbis, PlayStation 4. It's all full circle. All full circle. All full circle. It's the circle of life. That's it's right. It's the circle of life. It means circle. At that launch event, or the reveal event, I should say, they also showed off kind of a good lineup of games. Showed off Knack, Killzone, Shadowfall, Infamous Second Son, The Witness, Watch Dogs, and they talked about Destiny for a little bit. But basically what I'm highlighting here is they started off talking about the technology, the games, and how that technology benefits the games. It was a fantastic reveal event. In comparison to another reveal event, which we'll talk about next week in the Xbox One retrospective. <laughs> Leading what's, up to the launch. The the things that they showed off, what's interesting to note is that like I didn't realize Destiny was a pseudo-launch title. Like I, re- I remember it obviously being cross-platform, mm-hmm. coming to PS3 and PS4, but I didn't remember that it happened like basically right at launch. Yeah, basically. And was Des- yeah. Destiny was out in September, wasn't it? I think it came to current-gen consoles and then was available later on for the launch of PlayStation 4. And I, I, think obviously, that's how I did not get it on PS3. I obviously got it on PS4. That's, that's so weird that, that they did that cross-gen thing for a game that big <clears> and they didn't... Yeah, launch with the console like we're seeing now, like with Assassin's Creed launching right next to the dates, and with Call mm-hmm. of Duty launching on cross gen. But that's interesting. Yeah. So they had strong hype for the PS4 after that initial reveal, and Sony was able to keep building up up on that hype. And the E3 presentation that year, I think, is a legendary one of the, the yes most memorable E3s ever. I rewatched the whole thing and got to say it was kind of a treat. And Even I was kind of like, oh, wow, that was announced here? Holy shit, what a fucking incredible E3. Makes me excited for this upcoming E3 because we might get some cool stuff there. Basically, the E3 started off, no time wasted. Andrew House gets on stage and just shows off the box. And let me tell you, that box still looks good to this day. That's a nice looking box. I remember at the time being like, whoa, because everyone's obviously expecting something rectangular. And they come out, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a trapezoid. And everyone's like, whoa, that's kind of cool. That's a new shape for a console <laughs> that we haven't seen before. It was awesome. Yoshida then gets on stage, and he, he announces that both Killzone and Knack uh, are going to be PS4 launch titles, and that Infamous Second Son is coming out a few weeks later in Q1 2014. So in the first, like, 15 minutes, they just said, here's this awesome box you want because it's sexy as hell, and here's these games you're going to be wanting to play because they also look sexy as hell. They just, like, uh-huh. killed it in the first 15 minutes, but then they just kept killing it. So they had this emphasis on indie games coming to the PS4, which, I mean, you have to look back and remember, right now we think of Switch as the indie game, machine but that was playstation 4 at launch and before that it was vita and before that it was vita that's right but you could you could um cross save between them and continue playing those games on the go as well they actually had a really good setup with that it's just a shame that vita didn't turn out you know to be a huge hit vita was wonderful you shut your mouth i i agree it was wonderful it just didn't turn out to be this like huge seller and didn't didn't have life 
which is kind of ironic. <laughs> Didn't have much life. <laughs> Square Enix gets on, and it's a weird video. Um, Nomura, Tetsu Nomura, the the director of Final Fantasy XV and Kingdom Hearts Three, announces both of those games. But there's a little video where he starts talking, and he's basically saying like, "Oh, we'll have more to show you on Final Fantasy Thirteen Verses later on." But in the meantime, we'll show you this right now, and it turns out to be Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy blah Final Fantasy Fifteen trailer. But they're fading to black really slowly in the video. Like, halfway through the video, they just start to fade to black, and he's still talking and finishing thoughts. And I'm like, it, it, was a, it was a weird like video. Like, the Oscars, like, playing him off. They're like, all right, time to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. But it was a pre-recorded video. They're like, oh, here's a video he sent us from Japan. Uh, so that was kind of weird. But they announced Final Fantasy XV and Kingdom Hearts three at that event. That alone is just, that's a massive E3 event, just with those two games being present. Yeah. Then they announced Mad Max. I forgot that was even announced that early on. When did that game come out? 2016? That'd be know. the same year as Fury Road, right? When did the Mad Max I think it was video before. game come out? Great. Mad Max the movie came out in 1980. So, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> After the Mad Max reveal, Jack Trenton took the stage. When this is the legendary moment of, of the Holy Three event. He basically just gets on stage, shows up a slide that just says, PS4 supports used games. And the audience absolutely freaks out and is yep. screaming and yelling for extended periods of time. And then finally, Jack Trenton just like really calmly just says, that's a good thing. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> there's something really funny about that to me. That he then explains the, in detail... Like the 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 fact that that came right after the the Xbox one, where they're like, and we figured out how to share yeah. your games digitally, and you can have a license, and you can send that to a license for one person per game, and they have a X amount of time, and is always, and then Sony's just like, here you go, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes into like excruciating detail, explain as if they're like major features of PlayStation Four, when really it's just, hey, we didn't fuck up. <laughs> Which <laughs> is the entire message of this part. He says you can a feature of the discs is you can go into a retail store and trade it in, or you can sell it to a friend, or just lend it to them. And you don't need to be connected online to play. There's no online check-ins that can lock you out of your game. Basically, just hey, your console's going to work as you'd expect it as a video game console. Surprise, surprise. So that just absolutely epic mic drop moment happens, and then Andrew has comes back on the stage, picks up the microphone. Says it's three ninety nine coming out March, uh, sorry uh, November twenty thirteen, and then just drops the microphone again and leaves. Probably one of the greatest E threes ever, and it worked because on launch day they sold one million units, and then in the launch period, launch like kind of window time frame, they sold seven point three. I think is the number they just came out and said recently. Uh, I know that they're looking to sell seven point four for. There was PS5. probably less than that. They sold a bunch. They sold millions of units in the like the launch window. It was a good launch for them for sure. And then we're going to jump in year by year, and we're just going to talk about the games that were highlighted or highlights for us year by year in the PlayStation Four lifetime. I mean, can we just skip can the we... launch period though? Because I don't think Knack spoke to either of us. That, and same oh, with the Killzone that's Shadowfall. what I wanted to. That's what I wanted to actually call out. Like what? Uh, okay. What an effect. The fact that this console sold so much with such a weak lineup, which gives me hope for Xbox Series <laughs> X. Like, the, coming out, they had Killzone Shadowfall. They had Knack 
they had Resogun, which is a fun game, like a bunch mm-hmm. of indie games. Uh, we mentioned they had Destiny, but like so many, so many games that were just like, this is next gen. And yeah. <laughs> Watch Dogs was supposed to be part of that, and it got delayed. And, and in fact, I remember saying, oh, that's the game I'm going to get. That's the first game I'm going to play on my PS4, and then got delayed and didn't do it. Yeah, I remember that. But like, yeah, Chicago, for too, such a which is really week, dope. Yeah. For such a weak lineup to see them sell a million units on launch, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But none of the game spoke to me at all. I mean, Killzone did look like a next-gen game. I it still did. remember seeing that demo for the first time, and they're showing the the um, the cityscape, and there's all the reflections off the windows, and the lighting was gorgeous, and you could see for miles and miles into the horizon, it seemed like. And that blew me away. It definitely looked next-gen. Yeah. But, yeah. A lot of cross-gen games still that never time played around. It. Yeah. 2014... Chad, was 2014 a better year for you? 2014 featured Infamous Second Son, as well as the First Light expansion, Drive Club, and Little Big Planet 3. Is that a good year for you, Chad? Um, I don't... Did it? Did Drive Club come in 2014, or did it get delayed? It came out in 2014. Um, it, Infamous Second Son was definitely one of those, like... It was that that showcase game. It had all the particle effects from the smoke, and then specifically like made their powers to show off that console. But then, yeah, Drive Club was one of those games that was it was promised for a release date, and I want to say it was, I want to say it was promised for October 2014, and then it got delayed an entire year. Well, it actually, got delayed until February, and then delayed again until October of that year. And they also announced, like, hey, it's been a year where we're supposed to come out with this game. We're going to go ahead and also give you a free PlayStation Plus version of this game. And the game came out, and they and no PlayStation Plus version was able to be found. And we're like, <laughs> where is it? Where is it? And then finally they came on and they said, oh, um, in order to not overload the servers, we're launching the PlayStation Plus version, like, a month late. And then that finally ended up getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And it was, I think, July of the following year that it finally, the PS Plus version got released. And by that time, yeah. no one gave a shit about it. And then VR the full came game. that... Yeah, it, it does no... That studio no longer exists. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> the Yeah, the game did come out in October 2014, but it looks like there was a lot of features that didn't launch, um, and there was just pretty consistent updates in the first year. But yeah, it didn't, didn't do enough. That yeah. was a cool demo, though, when they showed it off. Like, that demo kind of got me excited, yeah. actually. Um, but yeah, Infamous Second Son was obviously the highlight game of that year, uh, which, I don't, I don't know, I would, that game just didn't speak to me that much. I'll say that. It just wasn't um, as cool as the I, other Infamous games. Like, mm-hmm. I did not connect with Delson as well as I connected with Cole. No, no. And then I never played Little Big Planet 3, because I actually really haven't played Little Big Planet games. I played so. one and two, but I never played three, and that's like the multiplayer one. And one that, that's mm-hmm. like, funnily enough, we're both really excited to play Sackboy at PS5 launch, and that's like it's the same developers, same like idea. You're playing yeah. through Sackboy levels in multiplayer. Mm-hmm. 2015 though, much better year. It's a good year. We had Bloodborne. Oh, Bloodborne. Yeah, that was like my birthday that of that year. I think it was February. Oh, what a <laughs> gift. Tearaway Unfolded, The Amazing, The Order 1886, <laughs> and Until Dawn. That game looks, Order 1886, again, looks fantastic. Looks There's amazing. A, yeah. Don't play it. No. Until Dawn, though. Shit. 
a little sneaker, sneaky mm-hmm. little surprise there. It came out in August of that year. No one really expected it yeah. to do well. And then it turned out to be like a really fun game. It was great for Halloween, people streaming it. It was also right around when and, kind of streaming started to become really big, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good one. Bloodborne, though, is a special game. And also just between us, well, like not between us, like don't show us anyone else. Like <laughs> for us... We played a lot of Bloodborne together. That was like the first game we really played together was Bloodborne. And talking, yep. going through the whole like, features of PS4 and remote play and all that, you would come to my house, I'd play on my TV, and then you would do remote play on your Vita. And I mean, we could play Bloodborne that way. If we could play Bloodborne yeah. that way, that's an effective system because that game is tough. Hell so yeah, that was, that was good ass. shit. 2016, this is where things started to escalate. And I think there's just consistently were always awesome games coming out on PlayStation 4. So 2016, first of all, just had Ratchet and Clank. The remake, which is fantastic. It had No Man's Sky, which had a rocky launch, for sure. I still had fun with it. And I think it's kind of unspoken at this point that it has come back. Yep. And they had, a, the they had that big... Guardian. I forgot about the big partnership they had with PlayStation. How PlayStation paid mm-hmm. for a lot of promotion for that game. And they were advertising like crazy. And it was a yep. it was a launch exclusive on that, right? It was, yeah. It came to Xbox a few years later, I think. The Last Guardian came out that year. And then also Uncharted for A Thief's End, which is the only Uncharted game I like, if that says anything. Like? <laughs> you have those three games. Oh my god. I hate you. They're fine. I hate you so They're much. Fine. <laughs> but the PSVR also came out in 2016, and it had yeah. a pretty decent lineup of games for a first know, year. That PSVR, thinking about it, like the the coverage that that we saw for, I think it started early 2015 when you would start, they started speaking about it at conventions, you would hear press getting hands yeah. on with it. Project Morpheus. Project Morpheus, that's right, it was Morpheus. And they're like, honestly, mm-hmm. we don't even know if we're going to release this as a consumer product. Like, it's just a cool thing that we're doing and we're <laughs> demoing it here. And then when they announced like, yeah, it is VR, it is coming. And like you hear, you just heard stories of people doing, Eve Valkyrie was like the biggest demo that you hear people doing it at conventions. Mm-hmm. Like, God, all those fucking lucky people at E3. And then do you remember when they had, <laughs> before it came out, you could go to a Best Buy and you could demo it? And you know what? You didn't join us at that Best Buy. You were going to. It was me and Gus, maybe. And then you were going to join us there, but then you chickened out last minute. And Gus and I went to Best Buy downtown at the Hancock I chickened Center. out. <laughs> <laughs> I was too scared. I couldn't do it. <laughs> and because you, you had to schedule an appointment, you had to like schedule a day that you were going to go to Best Buy. That's and right. Try out yeah. the PSVR. And so Gus and I went to Hancock Center. We waited in line. We played Eve Valkyrie. You could you could actually choose from like three games, but everyone always chose Eve Valkyrie for like two minutes. And then I remember I got <laughs> out of that chair and I just went, "Whoa!" I could see how someone could throw up in that. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, space flight simulators are not. My cup of tea in PSVR. They're just like my least favorite. No, type of they're game. intense, very intense. They're just like I don't know. They, they just don't. I feel like they don't control well. But I'm not a pilot. Anyway, You're not a pilot. I checked. Then it launches. Well, I get e. it two days early from Best Buy. <laughs> <laughs> e Valkyrie was one of the games that came out in 2016. We also had Drive Club VR, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, which was one of your favorites on mm-hmm. PSVR. Is that still one of your go-to like uh, like showcases for VR? I haven't had to introduce someone to VR in a long time, but that's definitely, yeah, I plug in the demo disc and I boot up Russia Blood and make them shoot nasty-ass mm-hmm. pigs. It's so good. Thumper, which is an amazing VR oh, game. Thumper. That's the game that Jesse and I would just, like, lose ourselves in. And, in fact, mm-hmm. I remember one night sitting on the couch. Jesse, 
playing. She's sitting in the middle of the living room playing Thumper. <laughs> that's right when Pokemon Go started to become really. Actually, it's, that's the summer it started. And I was on the couch watching her play, and then I just go, <gasps> "There's a Lapras outside!" <laughs> and I run out the door, and she's just like, "Mike, Mike." Are you fucking with me? What's going on? Where are you? Because our, our, our big rule, we establish <laughs> rules very early. You're not allowed to fuck with people in VR. It has to be a safe space. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Thumper, very, very good. No worries. You also like Robots of the Journey, which is not going to be available. I know. Although, you know, that list PS5. of 10 games, side note, that list of 10 games, there was a developer on that list who's like, yeah, I don't know why mine, it just doesn't boot up on PS5 right now, but I'm planning to fix it. It was one of the games that we didn't care about. So, like, that 10 might shrink. Oh. I expect you to die. Was a game on that PSVR was that was pretty good. It was, was a pretty a good, good one, game. Yeah. That's like an escape room game. Yeah, you're like a secret agent and you had to like you're in a car and you have to figure out how to get the car off of this helicarrier and then it was it was cool. I think of the games that you kind of introduced me to when playing PSVR cuz I had never had one was that was one of my favorites just cuz it has a really good sense of space. Yeah. And moving around in an environment. That was a good one. There's also Batman Arkham VR as well, which you were a that fan That was of. cool. Yeah, so this one was like three hours. It was developed by Rocksteady too, which was impressive because it was mm-hmm. it was a, a shorter experience for VR. But this was the first one where like everything looked realistic. Like when mm-hmm. when Robin or the Joker would come up and get in your face, you were like, oh shit. This is, this, this is like what <laughs> graphics could be like in VR. <laughs> so that was really cool. Um and then to, Nerds to have large the gaming. batterings and things like that, it was awesome. <laughs> uh, Darby or Jeff, whomever it is behind the Nerds at Large Gaming uh, Twitch account right now, just said, I smashed my parents' ceiling light with my uh, head playing PSVR. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to hear that story sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're very understanding because PSVR is extremely cool. Just like so 2017 cool. was a very good year, an extremely cool year for PS4. Mm-hmm. We saw... This game we just played recently called Horizon Zero Dawn, which was, oh, you know, like, yeah. it was fine. We just recorded the Gravity Rush episode to that, like, an hour ago, so look for that in your streams, bitches. <laughs> they had Knack 2, The Knackening came out that year, <laughs> Gran Turismo Sport, Neo, Uncharted Lost Legacy, and then that was also the year yeah. we got PS4 Pro and the Slim. That's That was the year of, uh, that bad press conferences started. I remember that was a <laughs> September event. They were the PlayStation Theater. They were like, we're going to have a special event in the PlayStation Theater in New York City, blah, 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 blah. And press was like, what's going to happen? What's going on? And there were rumors of like interstitial consoles coming out for the first time. And like, are they going to do a 4K thing? No, that's going to be so much harder for developers. There's no way they're going to make them develop for two, ki- two types of consoles. And and then you get up going, there. Look at this monitor. The colors yeah, are better just Mark on this monitor. <laughs> HDR makes this image look so much more vibrant. You can't tell right now on your shitty 720p stream on YouTube, but this looks great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was the thing about going back and watching these older events for this retrospective here is I couldn't stream some of these events in anything higher than 720p, in some cases 480p. Yeah. Because that's just what it was like at the time, which is wild, because now we can stream events in 4K, or 2K at least. PSVR also had some good games that year. They had Farpoint, which actually came with a really cool gun accessory. Yeah, that introduced that was a fun the, one. Uh, the PS Aim controller, which uh, we've used for a, a ton of cool, fun things now. 
Oh, Chad, I'm reading this. Um, Nerds Lore says the stream still says Horizon Barf. Can you update that? Oh. Holden. <laughs> I forgot to do that. Sorry. The biggest VR game, I think, and probably one of the most important VR games, was Resident Evil 7 also came out that year, which is kind of the first time you saw a big AAA game, or at least a huge franchise, coming out with VR support. And it was the regular same game. It's also the first VR game that made me nauseous to the point where I had to take it off and felt sick for a day. (laughs) But uh, that is an achievement still. Yeah, and it was day one. It wasn't like Drive Club where it was like 100 years later, but it was day one support. Tekken 7, Star Trek Bridge Crew also came out, Skyrim, Doom VFR, and Accounting Plus, but probably one of the best VR games, period, in my opinion. Super Hot VR also came out that year. Oh, God. Super hot. That was... Oh, God. That game, just like... There's one moment... It's like a memory. It's not even like a moment in the game. It's a memory, because that's how good VR can be, is I'm on a bridge... And there's two guys coming at me from the left and then one from the... Well, one guy from the left, one guy from the right. And they have katana swords. And then on either side of them, behind them, each of them, was another guy with a shotgun. And so I duck to get out of the way of the katana swords. I grab the katana swords from their hands, stab them both, and then throw the katana swords at the guys with the shotguns. Nailed it perfectly. It was beautiful. It was awesome. What a fucking sick VR game. badass. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Speaking of feeling badass, 2018 had got a war. Holy shit. Does that game make you feel badass? Oh, my God. Favorite game of all time, God of War 2018. I finally watched Raising Kratos the other night. You did? Oh, my God. I'm proud of you. Finally watched it. Very good. It's just kind of cool to see the behind the scenes, what the team goes through. It was also really, and I didn't expect to like this part, was seeing uh, Christopher Judge and the, the kid... Yeah. interacting with one another on the mocap sets and what that was like. And you just, like, when you hear Kratos' voice and the intensity of just Christopher Judge, you're like, holy shit, that guy was so perfect for it. He was yeah. so perfect for that role. God, that was a, that was a good documentary, actually. It yeah, also I'm glad it took you 700 not... years to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it does not sugarcoat it like I thought it would. I really thought it was going to be this, like, PlayStation, like, documentary. Like, look how amazing and happy everyone was during the development of this game. Like, there are moments where it's like, I don't want to talk about my personal life. I don't, I just, no. Like, because it's, like, you could tell there was, like, a dark side of, like, the making of this game that they yep. didn't exactly like show you the deep look at, but didn't shy away from it being a reality either. Now it really impressed me. It was a pretty honest documentary for a, basically a marketing documentary of like trying to build up hype for God of War still. So that was cool. We also saw Spider-Man, which is again, made a lot of people feel like a badass. Yes. God, Shout out the Colossus. God, I and remember, then, I remember sitting at the E3 event in AMC River East Theater with you when they started to show off Shadow of the Colossus. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> no one saw that one coming. It was amazing. Yeah. It was so good. And then finally, Detroit Become Human came out that year. Underrated game. I think maybe that's the most underrated game of the PS4 generation. Really? Yep. Interesting. Interesting. I haven't played it yet, but I have it. I need to. Yep, more people need to do play that. it. And you should play it with friends <clears throat> or on the couch with a, a significant other or your mom, whatever. Play it with people and pass the controller. It's so good. PSVR also had some good releases that year. One some of which, fucking Astrobot. fantastic releases. 
Astrobot Rescue Mission, which is the game that Darby or Jeff, whomever is at the Nerds at Large gaming uh, uh, Twitch account right now, was playing when he smashed his head up against the ceiling fan <laughs> in his parents' house. Dare that scene, game which was like was almost game of the year for me that year. If it hadn't been for mm-hmm. God of War and probably Spider Man, and you know what, Shadow, okay, it was not game of the year, but it was it's almost <laughs> one of the most amazing PSVR games of all time. If right behind Beat Saber, maybe is the best PSVR game. Mm-hmm. Firewall Zero Hour, Wipeout Omega Collection had VR support. The Inpatient Sprint Vector, which you were a big fan of Sprint Vector when that came I out. I was. I got so sweaty in that game. That was the game where you're you got the move controllers and you're like basically using ski poles to run through levels and jump up shit and that, that was fun for a few weeks. Moss, which I've played, that's a fun one. Yeah, Rick and Morty Virtual Regality. Not as Tetris good. Effect. Not as good as the other Rick and Morty um, friends of Rick and Morty games. That was just chores in the garage. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> uh, Beat Saber, which I don't know. Let's skip that one. You don't like that one. Just kidding. We have to talk about it because it's your favorite VR game ever. It's so fucking. It's the be- It's literally the game of the generation. Beat Saber of all, not just PS4, but like of the generation. Beat Saber's the. It's amazing. New technology, crazy things you can never do before. Um, it's fantastic. It is the perfect gameplay. It's accessible. It is. Um, it's It's the game of the generation. It's wonderful. And then Borderlands Two VR. Woo. Kind of on that same trend of like you could play this entire 30, 40 hour experience in VR and it was it was one to one. It was really cool. Twenty nineteen rolls around. We're getting towards the end of the PS4 era. We get Concrete Genie, Days Gone, Death Stranding, Meta Evil, Dreams Early Access came out that year as well. Not the full game, but the early access. And then PSVR had some games. It had Blood and Truth. Blood and Truth. Everybody's everybody's gold. Everybody's golf VR is what I meant to type. <laughs> everybody's Ace gold. Combat, everybody's gold. Ace Combat Seven had VR support. Wolfenstein Cyber Wolfenstein Cyber Pilot, which I think you played and said you weren't a big fan of. I did not play. I bought it. I haven't played it yet though. Oh okay. No Man's Sky Beyond had VR support. Whenever PS Five has their VR headset. I cannot wait to play No Man's Sky Beyond because I have a setup now you for won't. PlayStation where I could actually wear a headset. So you won't, you would not, you, you you're never gonna get a VR headset. You're just gonna talk about it forever. You're never getting one. <laughs> La Noir, the VR case files, and then Conquer Genie also had VR support. We're into the final year now. Of, well, maybe the best. PlayStation year. Four is gonna go yeah, exactly. Maybe the best year. Maybe I think this is without a doubt the the best year. We had Dreams, the full release of that game. Ghost of Tsushima, Neo 2, the title screen for Predator Hunting Grounds, <laughs> The Last of Us good Part joke. 2. Very good joke, because you could never <laughs> join a game. You could never <laughs> join a game in that. Spider-Man Miles Morales, which hasn't come out yet, and also Smack, Smack, Smack Boy. Smack Sack Boy. Smack Boy. <laughs> Sack Boy, a big adventure, which is going to be a game coming out at the PS5 launch, but will also be supported on PS4. VR had a better year with Iron Man VR, Vader Immortal, Minecraft VR support and Dreams had VR support. That was a good year. That was a really fucking good year for PlayStation. I mean, Dark. really, just The Last of Us Part Two. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need. Well, it's funny because I was thinking, I was looking at, I was kind of thinking about every year before I made the retrospective, and I'm like, you know, 2020 didn't have as many games, but man, they were all good games. I'm like, actually, this had more games than the other years, and it had better games in some respects. This I mean, a 2018. Fucking really good year. 
2018 had Astrobot, God of War, Shadow of the Colossus, Spider-Man, and Detroit, mm-hmm. and Beat Saber. I mean, that's a that's that's a good fucking year. That's that's the best year of the PlayStation Four, hands down. Did none of it beats down. the title screen of Predator Hunting Grounds, though. You're right. You're so right. None of it beats it. None of that beats it. So that's the whole generation of PS4 games. That's just a lot of really, really great games. And even like in my case, like Horizon, I don't like it might not be my favorite game ever, but I can recognize it's like an achievement of a game. It's a really fucking good game for a lot of people. Yeah. And that's exclusive to Sony. And there's tons of games just like that. It's just it's an amazing lineup. And this is where I want to go back to those quotes at the beginning from Andrew House and David Cage. Andrew House saying that they want to be a lead authority on play. Did they achieve that? Because I think they did. Yep. 100%. We will see next week when we do our Xbox retrospective. And it will be <laughs> maybe a tenth the length of this. <laughs> yes. Or maybe it will all Cage... just be bad pressed. <laughs> <laughs> and then David Cage coming out and saying that the PS4 is going to be a turning point in games because developers will have the tools to convey emotions in a way they haven't had before, which he's basically saying will lead to better storytelling. And actually, it was really funny. He had a bunch of buzzwords floating behind him, like believe magic when he was saying it. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, but you want to know what, though? Like, ah, looking at this list, it's totally true. I mean, Last of Us Part Two hit you in emotional ways that most movies and TV shows don't. I was wrecked during that game. Wrecked. All yeah. the fucking time. The entire game. <laughs> I was sobbing into my... I I think I've tweeted the picture, or maybe put it on Instagram, of just, like, wearing my shirt, and there are literal tear marks, like, down my shirt. I'm just, like, <laughs> sobbing. And that was from a good moment of the game, too. That was from, like, a... Ha- that was happy tears in that moment. <laughs> that wasn't just, like, oh, someone died, which is, like, an easy, cheap way to was get it, someone to cry. Was it anything to do with space and astronauts, yeah. that scene? Yeah. Yep. That scene. This was, like, it gets for you. a video game to get you to happy cry about something. It's, it's phenomenal achievement. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Really, really impressive. That success brought PS4 to 113 million units sold. And the PSVR sold Ooh. 5 million units, which I know that's not a big number in comparison to the PS4. However, that completely outclasses everything else in the VR space. Yeah. Completely and I think outclasses that number, it. I doubt they've sold a lot that, since then, but I think that number is like 18 months old. That number is from uh, December 31st, 2019. So still okay. a good so like chunk of time old, ago. Yeah. yeah. But um, st- either way, like that's just impressive that they really, really pulled off this generation and it's funny because like the top three best-selling consoles, right, are PS One or sorry PS Two, then PS Four, then PS One. Look at home consoles. The only one that's not in the top four is PlayStation Three. That's really they own the home they console do. space. Home console equals PlayStation. You want an Android they, phone? You can get Xbox. <laughs> Bitch. And that yeah, is impressive. the PlayStation 4. And people say exclusive games don't matter. They absolutely do. When when Joel, yeah, I'm calling you out, Joel. When Joel, at Campo63 on Twitter, tweets, there's not much coming out at launch week. And I go, are you fucking kidding me? Because there's an Xbox Miles person. Morales, there's Godfall, <laughs> there's Demon Souls, there's Sackboy, there's Assassin's Creed, there's uh, Watch Dogs Legion, there's, I, I listened to like a bunch of games, he's like, oh yeah, well like half of those are PlayStation exclusives. I was like, 
Yeah, you chose poorly, sir. That does not mean there are no good games. It's just they're only coming out on PlayStation, and that's what people are hyped for. <laughs> Calling you out, Joel. You go play your your made-up pretend Anthem 2.0 that you want to launch during this week instead. <laughs> I didn't even put that in the show notes, because I'm like, do we want to talk about it? No, we don't really need to <laughs> no. talk about that. <laughs> but speaking of games, Chad, you played some games this week. Yeah, I'm not going to make this very long at all. Horizon Zero Dawn, again, that was our barf game for this month, so you can go back and listen to, uh, again, we just recorded that, so you can listen to that. Um, We played Destiny 2, obviously, because we play that almost literally every fucking day, but I wanted to call this out because specifically, we've we've been sucked into the loop of Destiny for a while, the gameplay loop, the reward loop, the season pass, all that kind of fun stuff, but this week, Dallas introduced me into a video that is four hours long, that talks about all the lore of Destiny 2, like going all the way back hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands of years, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of years maybe, who knows, um, to like the creation of the hive and the hive gods and them making bargains with the worm gods and them coming to Earth and then how the guardians were made and the traveler story and why the fallen are here and what they do and the and. Oh my god, Holden. I am just so invested now in this lore in a completely <laughs> different way than I ever was before. And so now we're on like the last mission, I think, of Shadowkeep, the most recent campaign. And I am just now like looking into things like Eris Morn, which is this girl who this warlock guardian, uh, she's like always brooding over this green orb and she's got three eyes and we always joke, <laughs> she looks like Sam Fisher. <laughs> That's funny, it's it's Splinter Cell. Um But then I re- I watched the video last night, and part of it said, "Oh yeah, and by the way, she was in a, this battle with Crota down in the bu- on the bottom of this fucking moon base or whatever, and her fire team got destroyed, and she lost her sight. They fucking destroyed her eyeballs, and so she reaches oh, over to shit. a hive acolyte, rips his eyes out, puts them in her own, and that's why she has those eyes now because she's fucking using a monster's eyes as her own. She's so badass. That's so nuts. I am holy shit. I am again ass deep, as the kids on average nobodies say." Uh, in this Destiny 2 lore right now, and I'm loving it. And then, if you were watching on Halloween, great. If you weren't, fuck you. You can go watch it now on demand on Twitch. There's uh, We played Jackbox Party Pack. We played a couple of different games. Uh, we played uh, a couple hours of Among Us with the Nerds at Large crew. So head over to their Twitch channel. I think it's twitch.tv slash nerds at large gaming? Nerds at large? Yep. Yeah, just Google it. Just go type in nerds at large. It'll pop it's up. It's nerds at large gaming. You got it in the first try. I got the first try. I'm You're so good. good. I just wanted to be humble. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not perfect. JK, I'm perfect. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we had a ton of fun with them. I really love doing that. Again, Among Us with 10 people and voice chat is just so much fucking fun. <laughs> so much fun. Go check that out. Holden, what'd you play? I played Horizon Zero Dawn as well, but again, go to the barf episode, listen to that there. I played Super Hot Mind Control Delete. Which is what made you play that? This is not the the PSVR version. This is the no. like on the screen different version, right? Yeah, it's it's an I guess it's a second game, and I don't know. I just was kind of getting this itch to play Super Hot, and I'm like, wait a second, I can play the new one with new levels I've never played before. And let me tell you, this is good. I really am enjoying it. It's a little little bit different. It's it, it's super hot. If you don't play Super Hot, it's super hot. Here's the little difference. First of all. You have hacks where when you, every few missions or so, it gives you like a hack and says, okay, do you want to have an extra life or do you want to start with a random gun every single 
round? Oh. Or, oh, do you want to refill your health? Or do you want the explosion hack? And if you choose the explosion hack, anything you throw, become like it blows up and, and shoots little bullets out at everything. It's in all directions to shoot enemies, basically. Mm-hmm. So there's like little things you can do to kind of help you out. There are like new core abilities that you can discover. Where like you can get it so that a bullet can go through two enemies now, and there's it. It's actually kind of cool because it feels like there's a progression in the game that didn't exist in the last one. So if you've played Super Hot before and you're like, oh, but it's just more of the same, it is more of the same, but it changes things enough to make it really enjoyable. Oh, cool! Is That's there a VR version that. of that? I don't think so because oh, the the Super Hot VR it. was a whole different set of levels made. Right. It wasn't the same thing as the first game. So I, I can't... There's I so much moving around in these levels, I can't imagine that it would be in VR. You unsold me. But it's on Game Pass. <laughs> and if I, I have to play something on my Series X when it gets here on Tuesday. So It's free for anyone who bought Super Hot. So if you have Super Hot on your PS4, you also just I don't have a regular Super Hot. I have VR Super Hot. Oh, uh, okay. Well, you're missing out. You're also missing out on Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which had a really nah, cool update. I'm done with that one. <laughs> it has a, a boss gauntlet mode, which basically just lets you go back and replay the bosses. Here's the thing. I beat that game six times. I beat that game six times just to play the bosses six again. Six times, Holden? Jesus. Yes, <laughs> it goes by a lot faster, though, once you beat it. What have it. you been doing? Where's the grind episode two? Have <laughs> you been playing Sekiro <laughs> six times? <laughs> oh, no. This was like back in January when I first beat uh, Sekiro. I beat it again six times in a month because you oh can just blow God. through it really fast. Um, so the boss gauntlet mode is awesome. It is really challenging to have to fight multiple bosses in a row. You can rest and refill your health beforehand, but if you lose, you have to start back at the first boss again. So it's pretty intense. They also, though, have a new boss called an inner version of the boss, which is essentially a boss that learned from its past mistakes after it dies and has new movesets that are really fucking hard. Uh, so it's it's a great challenge. It's a lot of fun. It reminds me a lot of the gauntlets in Hollow Knight, where you basically just fight a series of bosses in a row. But this oh, is Hollow Knight's so good. Hollow Knight's fantastic. But this is actually an easier version of the gauntlets than than Hollow Knight has. Hollow Knights are way harder. So good stuff. Oh, there's also new costumes, but I really don't care about that. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a good game. And now I kind of feel like I don't need to play it over and over again to go to the bosses again, I can just go fight the bosses when I want to. So this yeah. has now become a permanent game that's going to be on my PS5 when I get that because uh, it only takes up 16 gigs of space, which is like nothing, and I can just fight Sekiro bosses whenever I want to. So you boom, hell Madam yeah. Madam Butterfly nonstop. Yep. Oh, Madam Butterfly's a great boss. That is our playtime. Let's go do an ad read and then we'll jump into our quest log. I'd like to tell you a bit about Affable Idiots. Affable Idiots is a new brand under which our products and podcasts will live, like Respawning Fire. Our new off-color Mr. Rogers type show called AAWI, which stands for, and also with you. And much more to come. Video versions of our podcasts are only the first of many amazing things we're bringing you this fall, winter, whatever it's going to be. And we need your support. First, the easiest and freest thing you can do for us right now is go subscribe to three YouTube channels. This channel, Respawning Fire our parent channel, Affable Idiots, and our sister podcast, A-A-W-Y. Links to these are in the description below, and we need 100 subscribers for each in order to have a custom YouTube URL, and our name 
in it, like youtube.com slash fire, which we don't have yet because we need you to subscribe to do that. You can also do us more good than you know by leaving us a sweet and sexy review. And I say this every week. It needs to be sweet and sexy over on every podcast service you listen to, and even those you don't. Stars are great, and we want all of them, but words of affirmation are the affable idiot's love language, so feel free to drop us a message in there as well. Finally, Respawn Aim Fire has a Patreon over at patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. <laughs> Patreon.com. <laughs> Did I say that with a British accent? That was not intentional. No, great. Patreon, whatever. If you want to support us, everyone, everyone knew what I meant. Everyone knew what I meant. One dollar gets you playtime with e- with us each week, influence over what we play for Barf each month, and super cool, sexy wallpapers for your electronic supercomputers. Now, those wallpapers are allowed to be sexy, but not sweet. They could be That's sweet, true. but they they don't have to be sweet. They're just sexy wallpapers. Unlike the comments you're going to leave for us in the podcast service, those still have to be sexy and sweet. Okay. Speaking just, of, just to be clear. Um, this is the new one for, it's going to be it's nice. out later today, Xbox Series X, but with our RAF blue in it. Um, so yeah, go do that. That's the October one, not bonus. We had the Halloween ones for October as well, but that brings us to our quest log, Chad. We got some news to talk about here. Nudes. First off. <laughs> Bees. <laughs> First off, this is an, this is a really important one. Report. Halo Infinite's mm. director, quote, stepped back after disappointing showcases Owen S. Good at Polygon. So Chris Lee is the person in question. He's still with Microsoft. He's just not working on Halo Infinite anymore. This occurred in August, but only being talked about now. He departed weeks after the announcing of the 2021 delay, which was weeks after the questionable demo. Yep. Lee is looking at, quote, future opportunities... And during his time on Infinite, he handled the overall creative vision and production, which was kind of the issues that most of us had with that demo. The notable thing is that this is the third lead to leave the project within a year, which is a great sign. It's a fantastic sign. Third lead, second director, I believe. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, does not spell good things for for Halo Infinite. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I really... I. What do they do from here? Here's, if they had a, a long lineup of games like we just read for PlayStation Four, they'd be fine. But because Halo is an important franchise in the history of Xbox and like the only thing that's coming up for the console, this just looks really bad. Especially when they're trying to kind of rebrand themselves as a you know. They're not trying to rebrand themselves, but they're trying to get an emphasis on wanting to look seek PlayStation for their first party games. That's why they've been buying all these studios. It's it's something that they can't start this generation on a sour note with. And it looks like they're about to. But can you can you imagine what this game must look like right now? There's no way that it's gonna be able to come together as one cohesive product next year. After having two directors whose jobs were overall creative vision and production, leave it. Someone new yeah. come in and take over. They have to learn about the project, figure out what they're going to do with it, start executing that, and then they leave. And then another person mm-hmm. comes in. And it's just like, I think about, this isn't really a direct correlation, but it's kind of a correlation, like Crackdown 3. How mm-hmm. that game started as being cloud 
processing. He's going to make multiplayer destruction environments. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. It's going to be this really cool thing. And then years of silence and, and dormancy. And then they show off. It's different than what we said before. And here's a, an advertisement <laughs> with the guy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine in it. And then everyone loves the advertisement. Like, is he in the game? And I'm like, no, he's not. Oh, fuck, we should probably put him in the game because people really like him. Now he's in the game, and we're redoing a lot of the game because we got to put him in it now. And it's just like, that game came out and was a big old stinker because mm -hmm. its vision just kept changing over and over, and they didn't have one solid thing from start to finish. And if... Their platform, like this, from everything we're hearing about Halo Infinite, is it is going to be a Halo platform that is going to be iterated upon for years and added to. And if that launches yeah. in a shitty state, I don't know, man. It's not looking good. It's not looking know. good. I was just talking to we talked um, about, talking to Gus earlier today, actually, and I asked him, "Hey, like, how do you kind of feel about Halo? He's a big Halo fan. How do you feel about Halo in like the three four three era?" And he basically talks about it like it's the Star Wars prequels. And that, you know, there's, you'll never get back to the good old bungee days of Halo. And it's kind of a shame that we're kind of here. Like, yeah. Halo, Halo Infinite probably isn't going to be a bad game. But can you imagine if, I don't know, like Last of Us Part 3 came out and it was fine? You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. a good game. Like, th these first-party games need to be pinnacle experiences because they need to be that draw, especially something with the pedigree of Halo, where it has been a focus point of the game industry. When Halo 2 and Halo 3 came out, those games were the focus of the game industry for a while. The hype around it was huge. And this was even on Halo 2 on the, origi the original Xbox, which didn't even sell that well, and it was still considered a huge landmark experience. It's like, console sales isn't an excuse. The game in and of itself should stand on its own, yeah. and Halo has done that in the past. But Halo Infinite might not. And I really hope this isn't th the case, but it's just not looking like a good sign. Yeah, I, just, I don't see how they're going to be able to come out of this with a yeah. product that people like. That Showtime show better be really fucking good. Oh, my God. No, it's not <laughs> happening. Remember, we have till December 2021 to figure out whether that exists. <laughs> <laughs> I think we do adjust that because of COVID, but I think no. that should still happen. No. <laughs> we made that well before COVID. Well before COVID. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> I didn't tell anyone, but I knew COVID was coming. JK. Next story in the Microsoft Quest log. Todd Howard, quote, the next generation is about access. This is from James Batchelor at GamesIndustry.biz. There's actually a lot in the interview that is just kind of familiar familiar territory about how X, uh, Game Pass is really amazing for developers. It opens up new opportunities, how you measure success, that kind of stuff. I wanted to just read quotes that I thought were important regarding the question on everyone's mind. Is Bethesda going to have exclusive games on uh, on Xbox, specifically yep. Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six? Here are all the quotes I found to be relevant to that. So first quote. The next generation, the next five or ten years, is really about bringing access to games very easily to everybody, no matter where they are in the world or what devices they like to play. And I think over the next five years, streaming is going to become more and more popular. And after that, maybe it's the main way people play. Regarding the case-by-case -case basis for Xbox exclusivity, uh, Todd Howard just says, we haven't gone through all of that, to be honest. So they haven't even had the conversations. They don't know. He says, 
I can't really project where things will be, except to say we've done those sorts of exclu- um, exercises ourselves as an independent. If you look, ex- exercises meaning considering exclusivity on a console on a case by case basis. If you look at every Elder Scrolls game, there have been some exclusivity on Xbox or with Microsoft. We've partnered with every game. Morrowind was basically a console exclusive. Oblivion was a long timed exclusive. Skyrim's DLC was exclusive for a long period of time. We'll decide what makes the best sense for our audience when the time comes. And I can't really project today what that looks like. Seeing and then the interviewer basically suggests to him that seeing Elder Girls Elder Scrolls Six exclusive is hard to imagine. And Todd Howard just responded, I would agree, that is hard to imagine. So very much like the Phil Spencer comments we talked about the other week. This is very inconclusive, but it makes yep. for great headline clips. Yep. Super ambiguous, but I kind of wish they would just stop talking about it and figure it out and then tell us. Yeah, because it's one thing if they have the answer and they're like, we're going to tease you for a little bit until we... Yep. Like, that's one thing, but this is like, we're going to keep talking about this out loud. We don't know, but I ho- I guess like maybe they're hoping the reaction from people will tell them what to do. Like, I'm, I don't know. It's weird. I think... Like, I'm still in the mindset that it will be exclusive because the streaming and all that will kind of make it available to PlayStation users, even if they don't have a PlayStation. But, like, yeah. it could go either way. Like, we really don't know yet. And I kind of feel like they shouldn't talk about it until then. They also can't really talk about it because legally they haven't finished the deal yet. Right. And it's just... Yeah, all these is... reasons that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's just like... Yeah. yeah they, just, they, they literally don't own them yet. So Microsoft does not own... Bethesda yet. They have to wait till next year for that to finish up. But yeah, I, I get it. Like they have to say something to the reporters that keep asking these questions and the journalists mm-hmm. that keep asking these questions. But I just I, I don't I don't want to hear more non answers. Yeah, I feel like they should just be able to tell the journalists we're not commenting on that until the deal is finalized. And just yeah. I think that would be a good way just to kind of end the conversation because my fear is that depending on which way they go. The public will have already made their determination, and there will be console war bloodbaths regardless of what they say because of this ambiguity right now and how they just clip these headlines. Or, you know, maybe they're using this to to take the temperature of that. Like, maybe they want to just say, oh, ambiguous thing about whether or not it's coming, and they're saying, like, do people care? Do people want it everywhere? Do people <laughs> care if it's exclusive to Xbox? Is that going to sell yeah. more? And maybe they're using this to kind of just take take the gaming landscape's temperature and say, we don't know what we're well, going to do, but we'll see how you react. Right now, the temperature gauge is just like popping up and down. <laughs> they probably yeah. can't get a good reading of what people are thinking. So yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be really interesting to play out, but we're not going to find out for a while. So I think this is the last we're going to talk about this, but I wanted to at least comment on Todd Howard's comments on this. Yeah. Moving on to the Sony Quest log, Jim Ryan said, quote, we're more than a few minutes from the future of VR. This is from an article by Marie Delessandri at gamesindustry.biz. Here is the full quote, because obviously minutes is a weird term to put in there. I, we're not, we're maybe like we're an hour away from VR. I don't know, maybe we're like an hour away. <laughs> I think we're more than a few minutes from the future of VR. PlayStation believes in VR. Sony believes in VR. And we definitely believe at some point in the future, VR will represent a meaningful component of interactive entertainment. Will it be this year? No. Will it be next year? No. But it will come at some stage? We believe that. 
and we're very pleased with all the experience that we've gained with PlayStation VR, and we look forward to seeing where that takes us in the future. And the summary of that whole thing is, hey guys, PlayStation VR 2 is not happening for a little bit. <laughs> that's what I took away yeah, from that's this. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing this as, is like, hey, we believe in VR, it's, it's a cool thing, we're committed to it, but like, we're going to wait till something big happens. Yeah. Engage Friendly Gaming just joined us. How's it going, Steven? What up, bruh? Yeah, I think that... I think VR is going to become a big thing in this generation of games. I think the PlayStation 5 is kind of uniquely set up to, to treat VR really well. So I think it's going to happen. But I think they, they want to let the install base of PS5 build up before they release a headset exclusively for it. So it's, it makes sense to to see this um, this kind of statement from Jim Ryan. Here's kind of what's been on my mind the past week. I've been seeing a lot of DualSense impression videos and a lot of discussion about the haptics and how convincing they feel. And I started to think like, oh, this is for VR. Because yeah. immersion and, and feel is important in VR. And we really haven't gotten a sense of feel yet. So I think it kind of goes without saying that we're going to see a new version of the Move Controller or a VR. It might not be called the Move Controller, but like a right. new controller for VR that's going to have these haptics built into it. And that's going to be a very important part of VR going forward. And yeah. no one and else gonna does be, that. It's going to be much more than just like rumble and vibration, which people are, mm -hmm. which everybody does. And like even if you go to like big like dedicated VR spaces to do those experiences. Like they have vests where, oh, you get shot here and it buzzes here and shit like that. But it, no, it's going to be so much more than that. More exactly like the Dual Sense is so much more in terms of haptics than the Dual Shock mm -hmm. is. Um, and yeah, I I think you're right that this is all kind of playing around with, just like the light bar was on the Dual Shock Four. That was all an experiment mm -hmm. to then eventually track and use in Project Morpheus. And I think haptics are the next thing for PSVR too. Yeah, Stephen just commented and said i'm officially old af today is it your birthday <gasps> steven congratulations is it, is it happy birthday although i guess technically every day you're older than the day you were before so if you're older this is fuck true. today and then you're old as fuck tomorrow too <laughs> and i'm assuming he means i'm officially old and fantastic today that's what af means right no officially old and fantastic i'm officially old our friends today <laughs> Well, if it is your birthday, happy birthday, Stephen. Herzlichen Glückwunsch zum Geburtstag. <laughs> it's the big 4-0. You're not old. That just means you're more wise. You're good. I mean, you're half good. of your half of your age is zero, which is nothing. So you're basically four. <laughs> <laughs> that is how math works. Uh-huh. <laughs> Chad, do you want to go to the Nintendo quest log? Give more to say about VR. No, let's talk about Nintendo. All right, so they had a Nintendo Direct Mini. That's the event to talk, or the only news story for Nintendo that I think is worth talking about at least. And they've, they've um, just completely given up on announcing these. They're just like, hey, it's out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, oh, we put this up say, on YouTube yesterday, but we forgot to link to it anywhere, so like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> they did say at least it's the last partner showcase of the year. So we know that, at least. We got, first off, off the bat, we got a uh, Bravely Default 2 release date and some more kind of footage from the game. It's coming February 26th next year, which means it's a little delayed, but because of COVID, I think it's kind of unsurprising. Yep. The biggest game of the entire event was announced next. That was Story of Seasons Pioneer of Olive Town, which is coming March 2021. It For one-tenth of a second. 
when I read when I was looking through the press release for this and I read Story of Seasons, I read Oracle of Seasons, and I went, oh, "What?" And then I was like, "Oh, just kidding. This is." Oh, not- you were so glad you didn't watch the event because you would have been really disappointed thinking that was Oracle of Seasons and finding out what the game really is, which looks like a really <laughs> awful, like. It basically looks like Stardew Valley, but not nearly as good and charming with the art style of Pokemon with also none of the charm. <laughs> it just doesn't look that good. Great. Surviving the Aftermath was announced next. It's coming spring 2021. They showed off footage of Immortals uh, Phoenix Rising, which is the new Ubisoft uh, IP coming out on December 3rd. Have we seen footage of this before, or is this the first time? We saw footage for this, uh, yeah, during the Ubisoft Forward event. That's right. Um, that's right. Okay. And it it was it was it it was known by another name, and then they changed it for trademark reasons. Fuck. What was? Yeah, we've seen it a couple times. Gods and monsters is what it was called. That's originally. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm underwhelmed by it. It looks fine. Really? I'm actually yeah. kind of interested in it. I don't know if I'll be getting it this year because there are seven thousand PlayStation Five things to get, but yeah, kind of it just doesn't stand out to me compared to everything else. Yeah. And then, like, a few days later, or a week later, like, Cyberpunk comes out. Forget Does about it? it. Forget about <laughs> it. Oh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Bakugan, Champions of Astoria. It's pronounced Astoria. Bakugan? Bakugan, whatever. You know I'm not good at pronouncing Dragon words. Ball Z, Budokai, Tenkaichi 3. <laughs> <laughs> Which is coming out November 3rd. I'm not going to say it anymore. Griftland, Summer 2021, Tropico 6, November 6th. Let's talk about these next two. Hitman 3 you Cloud You are so version. happy. And Control Ultimate Edition cloud version. Control, now available. Hitman 3 will be available when it comes out. Okay, so we have talked about cloud versions of games on Switch before. Right, when they announced Resident Evil 7 in Japan for the cloud version. Yeah. Yep. Let me at least say one good thing about this iteration of it. First of all, I played the Ultimate Edition of Control, because you can download it for free, play it for a little bit, and it runs really well. It does run very well. Um, and here's the one thing that was annoying about Resident Evil 7 is you couldn't buy the game. You had to rent it. Yeah, which is that's right. Stupid. This 40 bucks, you just get access. So that's a good part, at least. So I'm not as sour on this iteration of it. Oh, but what does that mean for like, oh, this game is losing multiplayer support, so we're shutting down those servers. What happens when no one plays Control on their Switch anymore, and then they're just like, oh, we don't want to host this on our servers? That's part of my problem with this, is like, in 10 years, I could pull my Switch out of the closet, put Breath of the Wild in, and it works. Will that happen with Control? Also, like, for me, the joy of Switch is, I could play that thing anywhere. I can't play Control anywhere, which basically means... It's not a Switch game to me. Like, if they did this on consoles and was like, hey, release this version of Control, you can just play it from the cloud if you want to. I'm like, that's fine, because my console's tethered to my TV and I'm not leaving anywhere anyway with it. But with Switch, it just feels so bizarre to have this game that you can only play in certain areas. It's just antithetical to what Nintendo Switch is. It'd be or like is saying, it perfect for COVID era when no one's leaving their house anyway. And by the time we do leave our house, 5G iPhones are everywhere, and we can have 5G hotspots for our Switches. Boom. Debunked. <laughs> we, the, the, the 5G thing, first of all, not going to work out that way for a long time. <laughs> but I feel like, all right, let's talk about the smartphone thing. It would be kind of like saying we have this fantastic app. It's a note-taking application. A note you, an app you can use anywhere, but you must be plugged into the wall while you use it. 
So does it that just, does that mean that you don't think games like Rainbow Six Siege or like Destiny or World of Warcraft or like any of these like online games? You think those sh- are never allowed to come to Switch because they have to be connected? I online would say all the, time? the distinction there is that there is a requirement within the mechanics of the game itself that requires it to be an online only experience. If I want to play Mario Kart with my friends, obviously I can only do that if I'm online. If I want to play an play online control, multiplayer game, can I can only, only do it online. Do that when you're online. But Control is a single player <laughs> experience. There is no online component to it. It's arbitrarily decided to be cloud the, to have the cloud version of it. And here's kind of like the two points on this. I don't think me, it's arbitrarily that, decided. And that's this is the point I want to make though. It's arbitrary because they could have made a dumbed down version of the game that ran on Switch. I know you're gonna say the whole PS4 Pro. They could. If they can get the Witcher to run on the Switch, they absolutely could have made a hugely no. downgraded visual version of this to run on Switch. Absolutely. What? How? Could not they not? one that not one that looks or runs in any fashion that you would want to play it. I mean, people already look at the Witcher and on Switch and they go, "Well, that's kind of gross." But yeah, if but they you did. tried to do that with Control, which already just like makes your PlayStation into a volcano, and then make it even worse for a Switch, like there's there is no way that game would be able to run well and look good enough to want to play on a Switch without cloud technology. The whole point of playing the Switch is the portability of it. If you want the graphics, you get it on a play, on a PlayStation Four. You get it on an Xbox. You play it on the next gen consoles. That's you don't not play the on whole Switch point of the, the Switch, though. Is not portability. That's not it the is, whole point of the Switch. That is the whole point. It's called the Switch to switch between portable and console play. That is literally the purpose there, of it. Aren't there Nintendo games like Nintendo first party games that like aren't able to be played in some modes of Switch? Which there are I think two. There's some that, yeah, see, there you go. Ring Fit Adventure and One Two Switch, none of which are defining games by any means and have unique circumstances. Just saying, if in Nintendo gameplay, doesn't believe in it, then why no, do they have to no, expect no. their third parties to believe? This totally fits in with the logic of why, like Destiny or something like that, would be fine because it re- the gameplay demands a certain criteria which is playing online ring fit adventure demands a certain criteria of playing on the go to be fair the ring fit you could just dock it somewhere and play it on like while it's on tabletop mode or something like that but here's why i'm saying arbitrary okay keep in mind who published this game the same people who said oh we can't make a next gen port for the current gen versions you have to buy the ultimate edition it's not financial reasons or money profit re- money profit. It's not profit reasons why we wanted to do this. We just technically couldn't do it, which is complete and utter horseshit. But they did it to make money. And this to me just says, hey, we want to put this on Switch so we can make more money on a new console. We could put in the work to port it, but you know, we could also just che- be really cheap and make this cloud version of it instead. That's how it f- looks to me. I um I hear all of your arguments and I disagree with all of them. <laughs> that's it i think even Nintendo, like the, your your argument about like we're not we're not going to talk at length about cloud versions anymore but but like your argument about the fact that it it misses the point of the switch the fact that it's able to be it portable does. and docked at home the switch Lite misses the point of the switch because you can't dock it so it's literally just a which portable. is a portable which is a portable only unit meant to be carried around with you and on the go but, which is the but point it's still I was a making. switch it's still a switch and it's like, why even mm-hmm. make it the same console? But, um, but when they made yeah. an offshoot, they went for a portable take-it-with-you-anywhere because that's a priority when you're talking about the Switch. But I, I hear I hear all of your arguments, and I just don't think any of them uh, are, are... Like, there's no way they could dumb it down to run on Switch in a good way. And I think that we've both said what we're going to say, and I think we should move on. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, no More Heroes 3 was also announced. That's coming in 2021. There's No More Heroes 1 and 2 port, which is now available. And then the last two things I talked about is was... Is it actually called part- 1 and 2 port? Or is it just... Yo, is I, that- just, I wrote the okay. note down as so you know. Uh, sorry, I, I didn't watch the way. showcase, so I was like, if no, they really just lazily called it 1 and 2 port, <laughs> I could see them doing <laughs> There's that. a port of No, Man Hero- no More Heroes 1 and a port of No More Heroes 2. Okay. Um, and then um, the part uh, part time UFO, which is made by HAL Laboratories, um, which is kind of a Go big Kirby studio people. making it, kind of a small game. And then uh, Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, which they now actually have a demo available, which includes Chapter One and the save data carries over to the full game, and that officially comes out November twentieth. Um, I haven't I downloaded the demo. I haven't played it yet, but I've heard good things, so I feel like I'm going to give this a chance. And because it's Zelda, Tell me I there's might. A chance. Get it. <laughs> but yeah, that was the showcase. It was fine. Yeah. Nothing really. Whoa. Excuse me. Typical recent Nintendo. Everything's a little what? underwhelming if it's not Super Mario. Let's get the third party quest log. How underwhelming is... was Super Mario? Yeah. Like, I thought I was so excited for 3D All Stars. And then I got, I was like, <laughs> this is a game that I paid money for. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't uh, touched it for a little while, but I want to. I want to play Galaxy all the way through because yeah. I've not played it all the way through before. Third party quest log. We got Cyberpunk stuff here. The big news, Cyberpunk 2077 delayed to December, specifically December 10th, says Ethan Gatch at Kotaku. The cited reason for the delay was basically juggling nine different consoles at launch, is what they said in their initial statement. More on that in a second. Quote from that statement, We're aware it might seem unrealistic when someone says that 21 days can make any difference in such a massive and complex game, but they really do. I'll just take their word for it. It depends what the problems are. So they think they can do it. We'll see. They did it's say really as well, this is the final time that they're going to delay the game. They did say that. This is the final time. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, they said, they were like, I know some of you are saying, but I thought you went gold a long time ago. And they're like, yeah, technically the game is playable from start to finish, but there's a lot of polish and things like that we have to do to it. So yeah, yeah. I, I believe them when they said this is the last one because like we can release it right now. It is playable. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think it's interesting that they're talking about juggling nine different consoles because it wasn't too long ago that they maintained, no, Cyberpunk 2077 is a PS4 and Xbox game, and we, we are not really right now looking into next gen. That's not yeah. on our priority list. It's way in the future. And now they're saying, it runs great on PC and next gen, but we don't they know also about the said, They also said, that, like, at some point, they said, like, oh, and at some point it started becoming... Uh, next gen was kind of coming into view. They started to focus on that. So they kind of just yeah, say they were like, like, it almost became a next gen exclusive game. And we're like, yeah. what? No, you told but us that was saying, not even on your radar right now. <laughs> yeah. So, and it reaffirmed this even more. Uh, from Joe Scrabbles at IGN, Cyberpunk 2077 works on PC and next gen right now. Current gen may be the cause of the, of the delay. And here's the quote that makes them say that it's not even a might. They said it. The PC game, the game for PC is ready and plays well on next-gen consoles, and the company is finalizing the process um, concerning current-gen consoles, which is a really nice way of saying those consoles are holding us back right now. Yep. And they can't, at this point, say it's not coming to Xbox One and PS4. They can't say that. But why don't they just make a dumbed-down version that runs better on the other consoles? I mean, they could. They made the Witcher one, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they could totally do that. <laughs> But it's tough. It's like optimization is it's like I'll give an example. 
I actually played a little bit of God of War this week. Not enough to like talk about it, but there's like little moments where Kratos will grab something. Actually, here's what it is. When you're in the very beginning, you're on the boat and Atreus and Kratos get off the boat um, and start to walk back to their house again. Yeah. They like throw a rope and the rope is clearly at like 10 frames per second. <laughs> like that's what optimization is. So I think they're yeah. basically going to spend a while in the next few weeks just going through and finding things that they can cut corners on that they hope no one will notice. Such as the example of throwing the rope in God of War being 10 frames per second. Like, what can they do in the background, the peripheral of the screen that you're not going to really pay attention to that can run like that? And hopefully it works for them, because it would be a real shame if this didn't run well on current-gen consoles. I'm getting a PS5, so I'll be playing this on PS5. I'll be fine. Yeah, All those but, poor, not poor people, but all those poor souls who are just like... Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to play this on current gen and I'll get next gen sometime. We're like, oh, you're going to All have those a bad lower time. income people who are unable <laughs> That's to. not what I meant. <laughs> so yeah, I I do want to say I am getting a little annoyed with the meme of I guess Cyberpunk's going to come out in 2077. I feel like that meme has been I haven't even beaten seen that to yet, death. But... <laughs> oh, it's been beaten to it's on it's been all over Reddit. You'll see like oh, yeah. a screenshot of the game and it will say something like, Who knew that in twenty eighty seven, Cyberpunk twenty seven would end up releasing as a as a period piece? Like all sorts of stuff <laughs> like that. It's it's getting out of hand. It's coming out in December. I'd be shocked at this point if they delayed it again. I just can't imagine they could de- they could delay it again at this point. Their stock um, dropped twenty five percent in the past few months just because of these delays and all that. It's been messy for them. Yeah. It's been messy. But that's all the quest log stuff. We have a fetch quest to get to now. A few of them. First off, a live-action Assassin's Creed show is coming to Netflix, says Matt Peaches at Polygon. Matt Patches. Patches. Did I say Peaches? (laughs) Patches. Nope, we're sticking with it. Matt Peaches at Polygon. I, uh, as a joke, retweeted this this thing from Netflix said, or maybe it was IGN said, Netflix is developing an anime, uh, an animated Assassin's Creed show, and a live action Assassin's Creed show, all at Netflix. And I said, I guess they're looking to oversaturate yet another medium with Assassin's Creed. <laughs> 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 funny, funny, funny. <laughs> More people should PS- go to Twitter and like that tweet. <laughs> PS5 faceplate site cancels orders Ugh. after legal threat from Sony, says Gabe Gerwin at GameSpot. You knew more about this than I do. What's kind of going on there? Yeah, so I actually placed an order for one of these. It was called PlayStation 5, and they were interchangeable new like shells you could put on the size of your, side of your PlayStation 5. where They were red and black and chrome and blue and green. They were really cool, and they were like 40 bucks. And then they got super popular because they were posted on IGN and GameSpot. And suddenly they were blowing up and getting orders all over the place, and everyone and um, they they panicked. They even sent out an email to everyone and said, "Hey, we expected to sell like ten to maybe a hundred of these, and now we're getting thousands and thousands and thousands of orders. And we're, we need to take a minute. And we're also changing our name <laughs> because Sony's lawyers hinted that we should probably change from PlayStation Five for trademark trademark reasons. And now that and then they're now customizemyplates.com." Like, our orders are still shipping. They're going to be a few weeks delayed, though. We have all these new orders. We want to make sure that they're up to the highest quality and we're going to get blah, blah, blah. And then it turns out they're now no longer selling plates. All the orders are now getting canceled, and they are now just selling vinyl stickers that you put on the outside instead. And it's not so sad. nearly as exciting. Nope. I also wanted, I wanted to know 
how how do they know that their plates are even going to fit on it? It doesn't matter at this point, but like, how do they know their plates are going to fit on a PS5? Like, how do they know the exact point that the clips are going to go into place? Like, I don't, I, I assume I, they have like inside people at the Chinese factory that are just like, Hey, well, here's the schematic for the PlayStation five. I mean, accessory possibly. makers for phones and stuff like that, get that kind of information ahead of time all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure we will see, faceplate changes at some point in the not this makes me think that sony is probably doing this first party wise yeah yeah and i feel like this is my hope that whenever they do like oh uh god of war special edition ps5 you can also buy the plates that make it unique so if you want that you don't have to buy a new console because i've i've never liked the idea of the special edition console it's like i have a playstation 4 do you want to buy another one like give me a break that's ridiculous yeah. uh, but they do want me to buy another one that's why they do them yep <laughs> uh first 12 hours of ps5 pre-orders match the first 12 weeks of ps4s says rebecca valentine at gamesindustry.biz the quote from jim ryan here is it may well be that not everyone who wants to buy a ps5 on launch will be able to find one you idiot. No one's going to be able to find one. You knew that from the <laughs> second you accidentally leaked all these pre-orders all over the internet. It's also just like a truism of every console launch. There's never been yeah. like a good console launch. It's like, oh yeah, and two days into launch, I could just walk in and they had a huge stockpile of them. One for yeah. everyone. <laughs> and I love that he's like, well, it might be that this could happen. Yeah. It's like, no, you know this is going to happen. <laughs> but the big news is that it just sold out really fast. One point yeah. I want to make that that differentiates PS4 pre-orders versus PS5 pre-orders is that PS4 pre-orders started in July for a console that comes out in November. Whereas because the PlayStation 5 stuff was held back for so long and there was just this huge build of hype and just excitement for the launch and the curiosity and and in a certain level of paranoia and and anxiety (laughs) with it as well uh that i think is a big reason why this sold so many in the first 12 hours they call that edging in the business (laughs) (laughs) big big build up and then you sell a ton of them really quickly PlayStation Plus November 2020 games revealed, according to P- Dennis Patrick at GameRanks. P- you got a great lineup this this month. Yeah. Uh, Middle of Earth Shadow of War and Hollow Knight Voidheart Edition are both on PS4. And then PS5 gets its first game for PS Plus, Bug Snacks. And I think it's actually going to be there for two months, not just one. It's going to be there yeah, November through January. And then we also got news that Destruction All-Stars is going to be the PS Plus free game starting oh. in February. I totally forgot to include that. Yeah, that game got delayed as well. Yep, but it's going to be a PS Plus game, which is perfect yeah. for that game. It is, yeah. They hadn't shown enough of it for me to really want to buy it as like a multiplayer game to play with my friends. As like, a $70 multiplayer game. Yeah. Now, like, I, I, had, I had already pre-ordered it, obviously, because I'm a freaking shill, but... <laughs> I God Godfall was my online multiplayer game I was excited for for PS5. I didn't need to get Destruction All-Stars... But yeah, it, making a PS Plus makes sense. It's a good call. Speaking of good call, God of War on PS5 will feature 60 frames per second and save transfers from PS4. The save transfers will also be available for God of War 3 Remastered. I cannot wait to see that game at 60 frames per second. That game's going to be good. really satisfying. Part of me is, like they said, 60 frames per second in performance mode. 
So I think mm-hmm. it's still going to be 1080 60 frames per second and not 4K. Or maybe it's 4K 60 but not ray tracing. No, because they're not even putting ray tracing in it because it's literally just backwards compatible and like brute forcing it. They could be doing, so like Demon's Souls, for example, their performance mode is dynamic 4K 60 frames per second. So I can see them doing that with God of War because it's yeah, but, it's just still a PS4 game. Yeah, but Demon's Souls is um, it's designed for PS5. Whereas... This is yeah. just like God of War is backwards compatible and can run because the PS5 is powerful enough to just push 60 frames out of its butt. It is the logic of the PS4 is built into the logic of the PS5 chip. So it has the capabilities of the PS5 chip in it. Ghost of Tsushima is going to be able to do 60 frames per second. I think that's also in 4K, 4K 60 frames per second. Um, so I feel like this could be dynamic 4K. Actually, let me click on the link here and doible check what it says um as holden's checking on that i will mention that the uncharted movie thinks it's done filming apparently there was a first look at at mark Wahlberg's sully costume too and it's exactly what you think it is it's just a just a loose linen green shirt with the pattern down it uh this comes from liana rupert a game informer and again it's it's not actually done filming they just deep faked tom holland's face onto raiders of the lost ark (laughs) and they're calling it uncharted and they're assuming everyone who is old enough to know what raiders of the lost ark is is dead but they're wrong we know it's not a real movie (laughs) it doesn't say if there's anything about 4k at all so we'll have to see but i i can still see it being I mean, it, it might have 4K at least. it might have like an unlocked f- frame rate for 4K and like it can get up, but they specifically called out 60 frames per second in performance mode, and in God of War, performance yeah. mode means 1080. Yeah. Far Cry 6 delayed as a result of the pandemic, says Jenny Latta at Silicon Era. The game was originally scheduled for February 18th, 2021, for the new birthday. release date. Not anymore though, because your birthday's not in April, and it's going to be coming out sometime after April because they said it's going to be. We'll talk more about it in the next report. (laughs) So there's that, and then finally, No Man's Sky is going to receive a free upgrade on PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. Says Chris Moyes at Destructoid. I actually put a caveat note in here, but I think I put that in the non-shared version. So I'll pull that up in a second. Um, It's going to have 4K 60 frames per second, more detailed worlds. Improved Shadows, 32-player multiplayer, advanced audio, 5 to, time, to 10 times faster loading times. Then they mentioned some things that are pretty much already there, like cross-play. It already has cross-play. Uh, maybe they mean cross-generation play, like you play with PS4 to PS5, and that's fine. But that was kind of unspecified in the trailer, at least. They might have a blog post that goes into more detail that I did not gotcha. see. It's going to be a free upgrade. It's going to be save game upgrading, so you can just carry over your save up to PS5 or Xbox Series X in that case too. It's so here's the thing, it's gonna have PSVR support. This is the caveat. This is weird. PS5, um, they said it's not gonna have how do you explain it? You can't buy No Man's Sky on PS5 and get VR support. You have to play the PS4 version of the game, which has the VR support. PS5 games are not going to have a VR support, presumably until they release a headset for PS5, which is really strange. I just saw this right before we recorded, so I didn't get the full details on it, but it specifically says that No Man's Sky on PS5 isn't going to have VR support unless you buy the PS4 version of it. 
Wasn't there a developer a couple months ago that came out and said, we are working on a PSVR game for PS5? I don't know. I think we talked about that a couple months ago. That's weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, there's going to be haptic controls, vast base building. So there's actually some pretty strict limitations in No Man's Sky on the, the size of an area that you could um, build a base on. Um, now you basically make like whole cities and skyscrapers and stuff. It looks pretty amazing. And then it says an evolving game. Which again has just kind of been a future no man's got to begin with. It just means they're going to have more updates coming coming up in the future, and that is the quest log. But Chad's looking up something, so I don't think we're done with the news quite yet. I'm going to find that story that I was just talking about on my end. Yeah, so I'm so seeing a lot of about this PSVR saying stuff. that there will be no new PSVR games on PS5. Yep. And then there's, yeah, that's. I could have Sony sw- confirms I could have Hitman 3 and No Man's Sky PSVI, PSV, um, blah. No Man's Sky's PS5 versions won't have PSVR, is hmm. the headline. Um, so do you have to launch here, a different app? I think you just need to have the PF to have bought the PS4 version of it. So you just have to go to the store on desktop, buy the PS4 version, and not the PS5 version of the game. I'm sure if you go to the PS5 store, you can buy a PS4 game, though. I don't Otherwise, know. That, that I defeats think, the purpose of backwards compatibility. But I don't. But it does say like you put it into a PS4 mode. I'm like, but how would you even do that? Oh, where's the quote there? It's so weird. Yeah, I can't see the quote. But anyway, yeah, it's 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 very strange. So we'll look at that more and update it next week with more details. Oh, hold on, I. A bit ago, VR developer Immersive VR Education said a next-gen PSVR headset would accompany PlayStation 5's launch. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. I remember it that was rumor a, now. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was someone saying, "Yeah, we are working on a game for PSVR that will not be on PS4." And and they're now walking, and they were walking back. That was as of January. So yeah, that's old news. I could also see that being a situation where it's like the game will support PSVR 2 when that comes out, but it's not going to have it at launch. Kind of like how, like, going back to our um, our retrospective, Omega uh, Wipeout Omega collection came out and then later on got a VR update for it. So it could be something like that. But yeah, those are all the stories of the week. We have a special PS4. Retro game on game show game on game show we play a game called game on game on game 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 show game 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 hold on you got something for us this time yeah i got something for us this time this is gonna be pretty straightforward actually i'm gonna break this down just to two questions but one's like longer like guess which one kind of thing okay okay um okay the first thing is i just actually want to just um ask which of the i'm gonna list four developers okay which of them only released one game this generation Ooh, okay, okay. Media Molecule. Insomniac. Sony Bend or Sucker Punch? Ooh, Sucker Punch definitely did two. Because they had Ghost and they had Infamous. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Media Molecule only had one because that was Dreams because they did not do Little Big Planet 3. Yeah. Because that was the other company that was just doing Sackboy. It was Medium, Mo- Medium Molecule. No, wait. Because they did Tearaway Unfolded. 
Uh, Sony Bend. Fuck, what did Sony Bend do? Jeez. And what was the other? What was the other studio again? Media Molecule, Insomniac, Sony Bend, and Sucker Punch. Insomniac did Spider Man and Ratchet and Clank. So it was Sony Bend. Sony Bend is correct. What did I they put t- out? I've, um, Sony Bend did Days Gone. Days Gone. That's right. Um, so Media Molecule surprised me because I'm like, oh yeah, they only did one game. Dreams took forever. I'm like, yeah, but they did Terraria Unfolded, and I totally forgot about that game. Yep. Um, all right. I'm actually going to do two parts of this one. I'm just going to name some studios, and you're going to tell me what developer made this game. These are all... You're naming studios, and I have to name a developer? No, I have to name the... I'm sorry, I'm naming game. You have to name the developer. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, sorry if easy. God of War. San, Sony Santa Monica. But wait, you can just say Santa Monica. You don't have to be like 100% like, No, I am correct. saying you know, their like... exact Christian name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tough one. Last was part two. Naughty Dog. Sony exactly. Naughty Dog. Con- <laughs> Concrete Genie. Pixel Opus. Ooh, very good. I played that game. It was great. Gran Turismo Sport. Fudge. I always forget. Um, This is not Studio Japan. No. Who is it? I give up. Um, Polyphony Digital. Polyphony, fuck, yes. Which looks like Polyphony Digital. Yeah. That's <laughs> how they spell it. Um, the next ones I know you're going to get because we actually already talked about them. And you already mentioned the, the uh, <laughs> studio. So, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Insomniac. Yes. Infamous Second Son. Uh, Sucker Punch. And then ter- uh, Terribly Unfolded. Medium Molecule. You got that one. Here's Polyphony the next digital. one. Fuck, I almost got 100% on that. Here's the next one. Name five PlayStation exclusives. This is the last one. Name five PlayStation exclusives that are not first-party developers, are made by first-party developers. Ooh. There are eight in total. First, sorry, say that, say that sentence one more in, time. So name three PlayStation exclusive games that were not made by first-party developers. Here's the additional things to know. No Man's Sky wouldn't count because eventually that came to Xbox. These yeah. are games that never went to another console. Um, they so also all come from the list of the notes made by third-party developers. Yeah, you can look at the notes and reference the note if you want to. Resogun. I didn't actually in- use the. I don't actually include that on the list. The note that uh, the um, all the games per year. I. Pulled it off of all that list. So if you want to look at oh, that list, you okay. can. Gotcha. But yeah, gotcha. Resogun would count because technically that is a first party game. But I'm kind of thinking of like the big AAA ones. Gotcha. Uh, Bloodborne. Yep, Bloodborne. Yep, yep, yep. Um, this is one. The Order 1886 was ready at dawn and they're not first party. Correct. Um, Until Dawn. Mm hmm. That's three. Uh, that's super giant, right? No, super. I always get these super massive. Yes. Um, the Last Guardian with um, Team Eco. That actually um, is made by uh, Team Japan, which is owned by Sony. Is it really? Yeah, it's affiliated. Yeah. Oh, then um, Shadow of the Colossus with Blue Point. Very good. That's the one I wasn't sure if you're gonna get that because I totally forgot they were not owned by Sony. Yep, yep, yep. That's four. Was that four? 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. Rosa didn't, Rosa didn't count. Yeah. Um, ooh, is it going to be Knack 2? No, just kidding. Knack 2 is... <laughs> it was a thing. What else is on here? Um, Detroit Become Human doesn't count. Oh, shit, dude. Death Stranding doesn't count because it's PC as well? Yeah. Oh, who did Medieval? I'm going to say Medieval is my next one. You want to know what? Actually, I did not look at what developer made that one, so let's find out together on that. If you get it, I'll give it to you. That was made by Other Other Ocean Emeryville, which is owned by Backbone Entertainment, which is owned by Function 9 Entertainment, which is owned by... <laughs> Just like a shell company and a shell company. Yeah, that's it's all it. owned by the Taliban. Yeah, so that, that one does count. That is your fifth all right. one. Do you want to do a right. stretch and find out the other four you missed? Oh, God. I, I mean, that was my last ditch effort. I have no idea. <laughs> Neo and Neo 2 were made by Team Ninja, which is not owned by... Those are first-party games? They are exclusive games to PlayStation. I mean, sorry. I, I didn't realize they were PS exclusive. Neo 2 is for sure. Actually, sorry. Neo isn't. Neo 2 is. It's a PlayStation exclusive right now, at least. Oh, cool. <clears throat> Here's one Oh, that Predator Hunting me. Grounds. Predator Hunting Grounds. Yep. Here's the one that surprised me. And this one, I think, is the one that would have tripped you up forever. Because I couldn't believe it when I found out this wasn't actually a first-party game. What? Little Big Planet 3, Sumo Digital, is not owned oh, yeah. by PlayStation. I did not know that. I oh, I no totally idea. missed. Oh, that was in the very first one. I just assumed everything right at launch was Sony, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought that they were, but they're not. They are owned. Who are they owned by again? Um, they are owned by F Foundation Nine, who also did. <laughs> <laughs> they just own everything. <laughs> also did Meta Evil. So that's game on game show. The game show and the game on game 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 game. game. And Jet that's it for I'm blame. What that's is the episode? This is 185. Episode 185 comes to a close. We are so close, everyone. Remember? Headsets, controllers, your mom's butts. They're all great. Everything has texture on it. Uh, go to our Patreon page. Get that new wallpaper. It's going to be sexy. I mean, it is sexy. You're good. Just download it. Um, go to patreon.com slash responding fire. And also, what else do they do there now? Because we already voted for November and December. Just, just support us. Go to YouTube, subscribe on all our <laughs> shit, and then we are going to be playing Godfall, and we are going to be playing Demon's Souls. If you also are getting a PlayStation 5, and you are also playing those games, <gasps> here's a thing. If you are getting a PlayStation 5 at launch, and you are interested in making content with us, send us a DM on Twitter, at Respawn Name Fimer. Fimer. At Respawn Name Fimer. Send us a DM. If you're getting a PlayStation 5 at launch. If you're getting an Xbox Series X at launch. Me too. Send us a DM on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. We might, we might be doing something. We might be doing something. Anyway, that's it. Until next time, here's our usual sign off. Hi, 